Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. Welcome back. Today's Five to Thrive episode identifies five essential takeaways for our listeners who could use some landmarks on their pathway to building and maintaining a high performance culture for teaching and learning. And we are truly blessed in this episode to have a presenter that, I mean, we don't have enough time to say how this individual has shaped education, but but, but we're gonna try to get off on the right start. So Dr. Woolley, would you, Dr. Rhoda, would you take it from here? Yeah, I'm beyond excited to have yep. Dr. Ray Dassault here today with us. Uh, he has been in education for over 52 years. He's a retired professor from here at Wisconsin Lutheran College, where Professor Marty and I teach. He's the person who brought me to Wisconsin Lutheran College. uh, He's responsible for why I'm in higher education and has just been a significant mentor in my life. And he's also, very importantly, the founding director of the Center for Urban Teaching. He had a vision for how do we prepare teachers to to be very successful with students. And uh, boy, it is just an institution that has just taken off and been such a blessing to so many teachers and students and families. So we're very excited to have Dr. Ray Dussault here with us today. Well, thank you, Rhoda and Marty. It's uh, it's uh, a little hard to follow that introduction, but I'll give it a shot here. <laughs> the uh, you know the Nebraska boy never dreamed that he was going to wind up being uh, the urban guy, but uh, the Lord always has a plan, and it turns out to be a good plan. He opens the doors, and 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 when you walk through, what's waiting on the other side is a ton load of blessings, and. I, I really marvel at the blessing that we've had in, in uh, taking a dive into urban teaching. Over the years, when I was privileged to be a professor on this campus here at Wisconsin Lutheran College, we knew that we were educating really gifted people and preparing them to teach. But when they went downtown and walked into some of the schools downtown, they found themselves in strange territory that they weren't prepared for and, and things were happening to them. And they said, wow, okay, <laughs> didn't expect that. Uh, and we wanted to take a little of the, I didn't expect that out of the equation. So we started to uh, to take a look at how we could do that. And it, and it made sense that we had to get our hands into the into the dishwater and start and start playing and breathing the air of children with, you know, where the, where the children were. The need for that over the years has been documented by the reports that have been in the Milwaukee uh, papers. And most recently, on October 2nd, there was a report that only 12% of the black third graders in Milwaukee are proficient in English, and 17% are proficient in mathematics. You know what that means? That means that 80% of the children out there in our community are experiencing some degree of failure and underperforming in the schools. We figured out a long time ago that there's one major component that we can that we can dive into and that makes a huge difference, and that is the teacher. And today I want to talk to you about, about the, uh, the idea of high performance. And over the years, as I said, well, we, we need to make our, our classrooms high-performing places. But then people would come up to me and say, well, well, Ray, what, is, what do you mean by high performance? What does that look like? You know, what does it smell like? Uh, can, you, can you help me out here? Mm-hmm. And uh, at first I said, well, that's a great question. I wonder <laughs> what it does look like. I actually had the opportunity to travel around the country 
and sit in the classrooms of some really great teachers and, and watch them. And what I was looking for was, okay, what are the things that I see that are consistently across the board that we can we can hang our hat on and say, this is what high performance really, really is. You've, you've spent a lot of your time studying, researching, spending time in schools in urban areas. But does this high performance cross over to education in general? Oh, for sure. You know, we, we had one young lady who spent uh, three summers with us working in our summer school program, which is a really great exposure to uh, to the city and to the children and, and, and to the things I'm going to be talking about today. However, the Lord had an, opened a different door for her, and she's down in Georgia. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> working in a school which is not urban and doesn't fit any of the descriptions we're talking about. One day I picked up the phone and I called her up and I said, hey, I have a question for you. All that stuff we did together back in Milwaukee, how's it going for you in Georgia? Mm -hmm. And she looked, you know, well, I envisioned her looking at me (laughs) across the miles, smiling at me. And, And she said very simply, I use it every day. Every day when I walk into the classroom, the things that that we talked about and we practiced and we did prepared me. Um, The only difference is that in Milwaukee, uh, it's intense. All right. The big difference is, you know, it'll work everywhere. But the need is is super. It's great in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And the reason we talk about it in the urban centers, and today we're talking about it in places like Racine and and the Choice Program, which is uh, bringing new opportunities around the the city is also around the state. Uh, we, we see that expanding. But so, I want to dive back into yeah. the into the issue of high performance because um, I've got five things that I'd like to leave with you today. And the first one of those is high expectations. It's really important when, when teachers walk into the classrooms that they raise the bar. It's easy to start making excuses for the children. We say, wow, man, look at look look at this neighborhood and the crime, the violence, the drugs, you know, who could expect children to do great things? What I learned when I was out looking at other schools that in some of the poorest neighborhoods in America, children are achieving at a really high level. And we can bring that into Milwaukee and we can bring it there, first of all, by having high expectations and instructionally strong, raise that bar and know that children are going to are going to know that we're we're uh, expecting great things of them, and they're going to respond to that as well. The second thing that that follows right after that, no excuses, high expectations, is is one of my favorites, and that's I've been with some really smart people in my life. In fact, I had a few of them as teachers. Once in a while, I I sat back and said, "Wow, this person's really smart. I wish I could I could figure out how to." engage with this person. The piece that has to be there is called relationships. You need to build relationships. To teach them, you have to reach them, as we always like to say. So in education today, we need to be investing in people. We need to invest in the children. And I will say anyone who knows Dr. Dusso, it is impossible not to have a relationship with this man. I mean, he is gifted. When you first meet him, he, you know, it starts. And that is when he's talking about relationships, that, that's in the DNA, but it's also very, very teachable. 
It doesn't matter how smart you are, really. It's you have to care. You, you have to dare to care. And I want you to everyone that's listening out there today, uh, make this a day when you you care about some people. All right. Walk into their lives and build relationships and you're going to receive uh, a dividend back. Number three on my hit parade today <laughs> is uh, called respect. And I'm going to say respect 100 percent. You uh, you will get some things that you don't expect when you give respect. And, num and the number one thing there is going to be trust. If, if you don't know me, you're going to have a hard time trusting me until we build that relationship and the relationship turns into respect. Once we start respecting one another, then it's just natural. The trust builds. And you know what comes after trust? Well, the great thing that comes after trust is open communication, because now uh, we we can look at each other and know that we're going to speak the truth to each other, the truth in love. We'll speak that to one another openly. And we're not worried about what what the other one's thinking or whether this is going to sound stupid or, you know, uh, uncaring. We build it on respect, respect, trust, open communication. What a wonderful trio that turns out to be. Well, we have to move along, and there's there's uh, there's a another nugget waiting for us, and that little that little treasure chest is called unconditional love. When you if you're out there and you're going to walk into a classroom today as a teacher, or if you're just just going to work today, and you're going to be working with uh, with colleagues around the office around the table, remember this that that when you bring care and love into the equation, um, and it's built on that respect that we've been talking about, you're going to uh, engage them in an important dimension. That dimension is their spiritual dimension. I, I think it's, it's uh, sometimes not talked about openly because we kind of put that on the back burner. You know, maybe it's not kosher to talk about that in public. Well, I, I'm going to say I'm going to anyway, <laughs> because I believe that uh, all of our children have a have a real spiritual side. When I was when I was down in Florida visiting a school, I walked in and, and I, they said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm trying to figure out, you know, this thing about really excellent teaching high performance and and uh, want to help teachers become great. And the lady on the other side was said she reached over and she said, well, bless you, honey. You know? and, <laughs> uh, and so it, it's kind of natural that as this thing gets going, when we, we look inside of one another and we find the heart is there and we engage the heart as well as the mind on a lot of your uh, uh, podcasts you're going to be diving into the brain and how the brain works and 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 i think that everything we're talking about is engaging that cognitive dimension because we're smart enough to know that if we can do these things it's going to make a difference and but it also connects very closely to the idea of the heart and how we're how we're doing with that is just so important as well well we're uh, we're moving along here, and I'm going to I'm going to dive into one more before we're we're finished today, and this is the idea that uh, when I talk about the spiritual dimension, and and uh, it leads me naturally, I guess, right into my beliefs. I have a a saying that I use with all of our young teachers that that come out of places like Wisconsin Lutheran College, that your beliefs consistently guide your behavior. So it is if you want to make a difference in everything that you're doing. You back it up and say, well, what is it that I believe? What are my non-negotiables that really are on the table, that, that are what I stand for? 
People will look at you and they will see what you do and they'll hear what you say. And they're going to know that your beliefs are coming through in your everyday life. They're going to know that those beliefs are, uh, are, are guiding, guiding you. A while back, Stephen Covey, uh, writing on the habits of high-performing people. He would talk about the fact that we all have a moral compass, that there's a guide out there. That uh, And today, as we as we think about building character and, and an ethical world that we, that we want to have uh, surrounding in our workplace or surrounding the children in the, in the classrooms, we're also after that. We're after that idea of, of a moral compass uh, that, that engages the respect, the trust, the love. And if you have those things, <clears throat> your compass is going to find its due north <clears throat> as you meet your daily challenges and you take them on. So once again, for those uh, who want to build and sustain a culture of high performance, these will always be your non-negotiables. And, and it's anytime I get a chance to talk about this, it's so important because this is one of my hot buttons. You know, I, I, I start talking about this and I know that if we engage these, these points, we're going to make a difference. But like, you know, in, in the old, uh, in the country background where I came from, if they went out the barn and they were going to use the uh, pick up the stool to do the milking, and one of the legs broke off on the stool, uh, you'd find yourself uh, tilting and falling. And I don't think that any of the five that I'm talking about today, <clears throat> that any of these are uh, can be taken out of the equation and still get the same impact. So as we as we emphasize this today, I want you to. Uh, to engage with all of these, and I think that you'll you'll get a, a reward back every time you do that. So much wisdom here, so much wisdom. One of the things I would like you to expound upon, if you wouldn't mind, uh, the concept of number four, unconditional love. So I am very blessed. Most spring breaks, I head down to Florida for a little bit of time and spend time with Ray and his beautiful bride, Ruth. And we spend a little bit of time on a, a golf cart, chasing this little white ball around and have solving a lot of the world's problems. <laughs> and one of the things that I would love to get your thoughts on um, just imagine we're on a golf cart on a warm day. and um, That's a good thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so unconditional love, so many times I think people who are in the helping fields, and teaching is absolutely a helping field, we go through our life looking for things that are broken so we can try to fix them. And lately I've been spending a lot of time thinking about that's really not what Jesus has called us to do. He, he's the only one that can fix what's broken in all of us. He, what does he tell us to do? He tells us to love to love God, to love others as we love ourselves. So we're loving God, we're loving ourselves, we're loving others. And so as we go through life looking for opportunities to love others, to show compassion, to show com kindness, um, and we realize that people aren't necessarily broken, we all just have different needs. And he brings us together to share our needs. In that, I think, is that concept of unconditional love. I'm not loving anybody to get... Oh, let me just stop and ask you. When you say unconditional love, what do you mean by that? Like, what all does that entail for you? Well, you know... When you start talking about that, other than the fact that uh, I'm, I'm missing my my little cart called the Lambo Limo down in Florida, uh, it's awesome. Little green and gold Packer cart. Uh, I can't hide; they always see me coming. But when you when we start talking about unconditional love, uh, first of all, I'm going to probably dive off in a slightly different direction and say we live in a really uh, narcissistic society today where uh, altruism, the idea of, of, uh, of doing nice things to people, 
is often hidden behind what's in it for me. Mm -hmm. When we talk about unconditional love, it is it is about uh, having no, there's no strings attached to this. Okay, so when I go into my relationship with, with someone, when I walk into a classroom where there's a group of children and I don't know the classroom, and I wind up doing this, I walk, walk into rooms full of, of teachers and I don't know the teachers, I can look at the teachers and say, I love you. I love you unconditionally. And, and then I will, in my mind, or perhaps even I'll say it out loud to them, the reason that I can love you unconditionally is because Christ put no condition on love on his love for me. That's the yeah. best way to say it. I, I really, I really uh, didn't have to prove myself worthy and say, well, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and okay, now you can love me. And because if that was the deal, I'd be out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> I want that same relationship to exist in the workplace, in, in the home, in the office in the classroom. I want us to go into walk into those places, you know, and say, um, "I love you. I care about you, and you don't have to prove anything to me. I'm just, in fact, if you try not to have me love you, I'm gonna love you anyway. May I may even love you harder. <laughs> I may stress it. You know, I I just had a conversation with a couple uh, school leaders in Milwaukee. And they were having, they're having some problems right now. And the problems are rooted in the very things we're talking about today, that they're, they're coming to work every day and they've let little things get in the way. It's like, it's like the sun is, sh is shining, whoops, there it went, the clouds came in. Mm -hmm. And they, they walk in the building and suddenly it's, it's a cloudy day inside the building. And when I was visiting with them, I looked across the table at them and I said, no, you have to, you have to, you have to embrace one another. And, and we're a team and a family. And whomever you're working with today out there, uh, you're a team and a family. Mm -hmm. And the way you treat each other makes a huge, huge difference. Because if you don't, if you don't do that unconditional love piece, come on, are you really respecting people? Mm -hmm. Are you really building a relationship? Yeah. The answer is... You're in, you're in a world of hurt, a world of trouble. And if it's dysfunctional at your place today, take a look at what, what you're doing. Own a little bit of that. And, and unconditional love starts with you. Mm -hmm. Don't wait for the other person to step forward and start loving you because maybe you haven't been so lovable yourself lately. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the reason why I love these conversations, because Dr. Dusso just says it like it is, and everything that he says, if you really stop and reflect on it, and then intentionalize it, they are difference makers. I mean, we, we go to urban schools, you walk in, you ask a kid, you know, who, who, which teacher you're learning the most from, they will, in their own way, express that their teacher demonstrates these mm -hmm. five. And I especially just really appreciate, you know, the unconditional love. We, we just cannot talk enough about that. Yeah, and I love how you also mentioned that all of these are interrelated. You can't take one of them out. Uh, and you, so you just think, you know, you've got a child that's that's being challenging to love in our typical way. They're having, you know, they, they've I've been, been a few of those. They, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I might have even been one myself at this time. So, so there's something going on with that young person. They, they don't trust. They don't respect. They're not going to do anything necessarily that, that makes them 
very lovable, but then none of us do, right? It's that we, we're going to love them first. And, and then that's how all that other stuff, you build the relationship, the trust, the respect. When you have that, you can have the high expectations. I mean, it just is also so correlated. At, at the center, thank you for, for that, because it really helps focus us. And at the Center for Urban Teaching, one of the things that we uh, talk about with our, our young teachers, teachers in preparation, teacher candidates, and even the first and second years teachers, because we, uh, if we work with them, we support them in their, in their first, second, and sometimes third year of teaching. But one of the things that we talk about very specifically is that uh, if you have a situation where you are saying something which is a, a negative in its core to a child, you have to offset that with five positives. Mm -hmm. We use that five-one ratio mm -hmm. and saying you want to you want a positive classroom where your unconditional love is shining through. Well. Look at the balance that you have. Is it a negative place because all the talk is negative? Mm -hmm. Is it a positive place because all the talk is positive? And they'll start to they'll start to feel they can handle that um, moment when you give them a little advice, <laughs> a little correction. Mm -hmm. If you have uh, surrounded it mm -hmm. with with things that are uh, encouragements, the positives. For that student that you were talking about before that is making it really hard to love them, you have to, you have to step up your game and go out of your way to find the things and find out what they're interested in. Mm -hmm. Go to, if they play basketball, go to a basketball game so the next day you can, you can talk about mm -hmm. the, the good play that made a difference and that he or she was involved in. Those are all natural little things and it starts to break down that wall. Love can break down the wall that sometimes exists between you and the people you're trying to reach. Mm -hmm. And you, you, just, you just have to be consistent and persistent in how you do this. Every day, you know, when I talked about respect 100%, a uh, little anecdote connected to that one. Uh, I was sitting in a classroom out in the Bronx in New York City, and a seventh grade girl in a math class, um, when she was answering a question, she made a mistake and she said the wrong answer. Another seventh grade girl in the class laughed out loud at her mistake. And the room became quiet, absolutely quiet. The teacher who had been, you know, was teaching, when he did speak, he spoke almost in a whisper. And the room was waiting to see if the world was really going to end right now. Because the car, they knew that the number one rule in that school had been broken, and that was respect. In my journal that day, I made a notation, which I've carried with me, and I've shared it with, uh, with every teacher that I've had a chance to be in contact with, you know, that you know, respect is uh, from everyone, for everyone, every time. Respect is from everyone, for everyone, every time. And if we can, if we can say that we're respecting everyone all the time, and we're, we're consistent on that. It, it's a huge part of, you come to the unconditional love, they can start to see the love when we bring that positive uh, emphasis into our classroom and, and the emphasis on respect. All the pieces fit together so nicely. The puzzle, you know, the puzzle's never complete until you put the last piece into place. And so if you have four of your pieces in place, look for that number five, slide it in there, and you're going to be able to step back and say, now it looks really good. This looks really good. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Duso, so much for coming here. 
And, you know, Ray has put together so many pieces of the puzzle for so many students over the years. Just really appreciate your, your thoughts and comments. Yeah, I was just sitting here thinking the thousands of students you've impacted, but then now add on top of that all the teachers that you impact and the hundreds and thousands of students they impact. What a blessing to see how God has used your faithfulness. So thanks for your sharing your insights, your experience, your wisdom with us today, and uh, continued blessings on your work. Thank you. Thank you very much. Our goal in Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are the five takeaways for you to consider. Number one, high expectations. Remember, there are no shortcuts, no excuses. Number two, build relationships. Dr. Dusso does it better than anybody I know. Build relationships. Number three, respect. 100%. You won't have trust without respect. Number four, we talked about quite a bit of time, and it is so important, unconditional love. With love comes joy, and that is the pathway to empathy. And number five, beliefs consistently guide behavior. In other words, live it, practice it. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.